The Chiefs face the Dolphins Saturday night at 7 p.m. at Arrowhead Stadium in the wildcard round of the AFC playoffs. If you don't have plans, join us at Holiday Distill. Join us at Holiday Distillery <laughs> in Weston for a good old watch party. Food, drinks, we've got them. Beautiful settings surrounded by awesome people. We've got that too. Limited spots are available. More information is coming soon on how to sign up for that. But let's talk about the game. And uh, also the one from yesterday, just a little bit, today on 10 Things. You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of 10 Things. Hey, what's going on? I'm BJ Kissel with Ailey Lewis. Appreciate you all for watching live or listening to the podcast audio after the fact here on KCSN, the highest ranked Chiefs podcast network now two years in a row. And that's because all of you for supporting it and for the entire crew we have putting phenomenal work together. Appreciate everybody. Hit that like and subscribe to show your support. Some local kids trying to build a local company. Haley. I like the that. The playoffs are here. It doesn't matter that the Chiefs led the league in drops. It doesn't matter that Chris Jones held out. It doesn't matter the refs blew some calls and now that there may be a road playoff game in Patrick Mahomes' future. It doesn't matter. Yeah. It's the playoffs and anything can happen. That's true. They said make it to the dance, anything can happen, and and they're here. Now they have the chance to prove that everything that was going wrong can be righted with a little bit of momentum and good old Patty Mahomes, healthy and ready to go. I mean, at least he's healthy. Last year we were freaking out about the ankle and everything going into yeah. to playoffs or during playoffs, so it's... Good to have a pretty healthy team. Yeah, this is the time of the season where it's like, doubt Patrick Mahomes at your own risk. Doubt Andy Reid at That's your own way of risk. It, this yeah. is last year was supposed to be a rebuilding year for the Chiefs. Granted, we've seen problems this regular season that we didn't see last year. Uh, we have more concern. There were concerns last year. Uh, let's not rewrite the history there. Uh, but it wasn't offensively. It wasn't catching passes. It wasn't yeah. the offense not being able to function. But the defense wasn't as good as what we've seen so far this year. And so... Uh, this is when everybody kicks back up. I feel like we are uh, equipped to be able to say this, that you can tell just from the nature of running a business like this that Chiefs fans kind of just turn it in around Thanksgiving and say, we'll wait for the playoffs. <laughs> like, you know what? We're going to get Cause there. Because they can. Because they can. And that that uh, not wanting to kind of grind through the some of those games and watch them and necessarily listen to a bunch of podcasts and consume a lot of videos, sure. social content about a team that's kind of struggling, but you know is going to get to the dance. And then once they get there, it's about putting it together at that point. Again, we've seen some struggles from this team, but now they're in. Anything can happen. And Lego, my ego, appreciate you for hanging out. And he <laughs> says, with a limping Tyreek and the freezing cold of Arrowhead, I like our chances. We are going to talk about the weather. And we're going to talk, up, talk about nine other things uh, to know as the Chiefs get ready to face the Dolphins. And we will spend a little time in the back half of this show talking about the game yesterday because there were some takeaways uh, looking towards the future and even maybe into the playoffs a little bit, some takeaways from what we saw in the Chiefs' 13-12 to win uh, over the Chargers. I meant to look this up. Was that a score gone? That We appreciate Tucker Franklin for producing this thing as well behind uh, the old scenes. Was that not a score gone? I don't think it was. Okay. Maybe it's a pretty common. I don't know what else it's called. Like, Scorigami, right? Scorigami, I like that. I haven't heard that. It's like how many unique scoring games have there been in FH? I guess 1312, yeah. it's not completely. But still an interesting unique. one. I gotcha. Like a two to nothing. Like, yeah. be a very unique football mm-hmm. score uh, at the end of a game. That has happened 22 times okay. in history. Uh, okay. When was the last? Well, okay, well, 22 over the course yeah. of how many games have been played is, is, is okay. rare. So, like. so, not quite as bad. We'll support the narrative. All right. And again, appreciate all for hanging out. Please hit that like and subscribe. Please tell your friends about us. We are trying to make, uh, we as in KCSN, trying to make 2024 our best year yet. We have grown uh, every year. It's been awesome to watch. And again, we appreciate all your support. Uh, whether Again, whether you're watching live, listen to the podcast, uh, hit the like and subscribe. Leave us a review um, on Apple Podcasts. Uh, all of it matters. All of it helps push uh, new audiences and new people uh, to listening to what we have going on. And the more people that listen, the more cool stuff that we can do. Like, having the watch party up at the distillery in Weston. So again, if you're making plans and you don't want to go out and sit in almost negative 20 degree wind chill is what's projected for Saturday night. You're in the Kansas City area. Come up to Weston. Come and hang out at Holiday Distillery. It is by far my favorite place to like hang out and watch a game uh, in the Kansas City area. Uh, We'll have food, we'll have drink. 
get taken care of. But uh, hey, let's get into the matchup uh, right now. And again, check our social channels for information on how to sign up uh, to reserve one of your spots because there are limited spots available um, up at the distillery. I know you will be there. Yeah, I will be there. I will be there. It'll Mr. be fine. Ken Swanson will be there uh, along with some other special guests. So we'll have more on that later. But good crew. Chiefs getting set to face the Dolphins. Haley, it's a rematch from the Week 9 game. Yeah. Uh, in Germany. Uh, Chiefs raced out to a 21-0 lead in that game, for, as far as a quick recap. Uh, they held on uh, to the victory, finishing 21-14, but they did get shut out in the second half. Patrick Mahomes in that game at 185 yards and two touchdowns. The leading receiver for the Chiefs in that game was tight end Noah Gray with 34 yards. Travis Kelsey had just like 14 yards receiving uh, in that game, so something to look going into this huh. one. Everyone remembers the big defensive play when Trent McDuffie stripped Tyreek Hill, picked up by Mike Edwards, lateral to Brian Cook for the long touchdown return. Uh, one cool, or not cool, one interesting note, Dolphins had two sacks on that day when Mahomes was under pressure. Both of those guys who had those sacks are now injured, and Bradley Chubb and Jalen Phillips will have more in injuries in a second. All right. Chiefs are 4-4 four and four since that game, since beating the Dolphins in Germany. The Dolphins are 5-3. and three. Okay. Okay, okay. Little quick recap, setting the stage. Uh, for Chiefs and the rematch against the Dolphins. I think the big things that I take away from that game in Germany, uh, there was a lot riding on it, right? They were going into it. There were all the storylines. Of course, um, Tyreek didn't get his homecoming in Arrowhead. Now he gets it. But back then, you know, uh, back in November, which seems like forever ago, we were very concerned with how offensively explosive this team was. So for the Chiefs' defense to shut them out in the first half, that was a phenomenal. I don't think that that should ever, you know, go unnoticed. And I don't think we are. But remind yourself of that as we go into this next one. They were able to do that. They were they proved before they were able to disrupt Tua. And I think that they showed that they can get to him. Now, of course, we're going to talk about the cold later, how that plays in with the Miami team. But they held him to under 200 yards. Um, and again, the defense continuing to disrupt him, I think, is a, a, big, a big point of emphasis going to this next one. No. How they closed out the game, I remember all of us. Yeah. <laughs> it was very uncomfortable. I did not like how things went down the stretch. But again, the Chiefs just finding a way to keep their head above water. That's kind of been the storyline this entire, entire season is just finding a way to win. It doesn't have to be pretty. And they were able to do that in this one. There were some sparks again, that defensive play. Love to see it happen, especially because of the Tyreek Hill trade and involving people who got to Kansas City because of that trade. Yeah. Um, but those were the biggest things I took away was the fact that the defense was able to do it before. Can you win twice against a good team in the same season? It's hard to do, but I mean, I hate to bring this up. The Bengals did it to the Chiefs three times in the same year. So I think it's plausible, and I like how the momentum's rolling in this for the Chiefs, how they're rested, and a lot of injuries, which we're going to talk about later on the, the Miami side of things going into this. I yeah. feel good about it. Yeah, and while we're talking about just what these two teams are, and we're going to get into the details, and we're going to get into it all week, and you'll have uh, Only Weird Games and the KC Lab going live today. Um, on Monday as we record this show where they're going to break down. They're going to get into the matchups and all the mm -hmm. stuff. At this point in the week, when we're kind of all building up and learning about the opponent and kind of finding our storylines and our context uh, that we'll share when we're talking with our friends yeah. um, regarding the game, you know, via group texts and chats and just, you know, hanging out with somebody that, and this is going to be something that's talked about a lot throughout the week. The Miami Dolphins against playoff teams this year. Okay. They're one in five. The only playoff team that they've beaten this year is the Dallas Cowboys. They beat them by two two points, 22-20, on a last-second field goal from Jason Sanders. The other games that the Dolphins have played against playoff teams, the Buffalo Bills, they lost 48-20. to <clears throat> Philadelphia Eagles, they lost 31-17. They lost 21-14 to the Chiefs. They lost also to the Titans, the one non-playoff team, although the Titans are kind of in it. Um... But not great. Then they lose to the Ravens 56 to 19. And they lose to the Bills yesterday, 21-14. So I kind of forgot about all that. When it comes to and I I remember it towards the end of the year that people bringing up the fact that the Dolphins are not the same team, particularly offensively, when they're playing really good teams. They needed Tua to play out of his mind at those points. Sure. Now there is context that has to be given when talking about this Miami team, and we're going to kind of go into the next point here, and it kind of blends together. But again, when looking at this Dolphins team, most explosive, we're going to talk about Tyreek and his return to Kansas City in a second too. But 
this has not been the same team when facing quality opponents. And that's not my opinion. That is strictly, they have played six playoff teams and they're one in five against them and their defense given up a lot of points. Mm -hmm. And that was when their defense was healthy. And moving into the point number two, these guys are not healthy. This comes from a tweet uh, from Josh Moser, does media down in Miami. He said, Andrew Van Ginkle's agent, Drew Rosenhaus, tells me that x-rays, anybody who knows Andrew Van Ginkle, one of the outside linebackers for the Miami Dolphins who was injured in their game yesterday against the Bills, said x-rays on his foot are negative. He will now get an MRI, hoping for the best. The Dolphins are now decimated at outside linebacker as Jalen Phillips, who had the Achilles injury, one of their best defensive players, is out for the year. Bradley Chubb, their best defensive player and edge rusher who came over from the big trade last year. Uh, with the Denver Broncos, included first-round pick. He was out with an ACL. And then Andrew Van Ginkle got injured yesterday, as did Cam Goody. Uh, I think it's Goody or Cam Good. That was the linebacker who got injured and took out one of his teammates in the punt return touchdown that kind of changed the course of the game yesterday. So already down their two best outside linebackers and Jalen Phillips and Bradley Chubb. And then yesterday in their game, losing Andrew Van Ginkle and losing Cam Goody, uh, that is something that is going to be discussed all week and that it is not the same Miami Dolphins team that is coming to face Kansas City. So with everything that you said before you even said those injuries, I was already feeling better about Miami coming to Kansas City. Now with that layered on top of it, it's looking like the Chiefs are are coming in, you know, not only with the momentum, but but the upper upper hand in this one. And when you look at it, the Chiefs came out pretty clean in the game yesterday against the Chargers. I think here's what Andrew said afterwards. said, Justin Ross came out with a hamstring. Jalen Watson got his knee or got kneed in the calf. I think for the most part, we came out relatively healthy. Now, we saw the the rotation on the O-line and a few things going on there, uh, but they rested a lot of their starters, and I think that's a huge a huge leg up when they go into this one is yep. the fact that they've almost had a little bit of a bye week for for the starters who are going to be you know facing Miami coming up this Saturday on, a again, another short week. Um, a little more on those injuries, though. Wanya Morris, he's being evaluated or was being evaluated for potential head injury. He was downgraded to out when Coach Reed talks today. Hopefully we hear a little bit more. So he's going to talk today and give the, the latest injury update. And then I think around like three or four is when the team puts it out. So we can add to that. Juwan Taylor had a leg injury in the game. He had to shift around. He eventually came back into the game, though. That's when we saw Joe Tooney having to go outside and be a tackle, which Honestly, Tootie holding his own against yeah. <laughs> like like I, I I thought that he did a phenomenal job. Um, but anyway, so 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 pretty thin at tackle with, with that going on. But so O line has a little bit of issues going on. But but all in all, this team is is pretty darn healthy going into this weekend. Yeah, for Coach Reed to say after the game, knowing that Wani Morris went down with a concussion, sure, so it's not like he's going to be going through concussion protocol this week, which is tricky with the game on Saturday. Right, they have right. one less day to have him get through that and clear. You do have Donovan Smith. Not sure where he's at health-wise I uh, with his neck that he had Yes, it was with. neck. Uh, but he's been resting at least the last few weeks. We'll yeah, find an update on him. But uh, Jawan Taylor leaving with some sort of leg injury during the game and then coach saying afterwards that we got out relatively healthy is mm-hmm. a great sign. Um, and you brought up rest and it reminded me uh, on a viral tweet that we saw from Mitch Holtis, the voice of the Chiefs, uh, put this out a few weeks ago regarding rest and how important it was. It wasn't in context of the Chiefs. This was uh, from about a week ago. This was last Monday. Uh, he put this out. But in terms of how important it was that the Chiefs didn't necessarily get a bye, but some of their key players did get to rest. Uh, in this game yesterday, yes. Yes. and he said, um, no team has had, should have to face a schedule like the Chiefs had in 2023, where five consecutive opponents in December had extra days to rest and prep, from 10 days to 14 days to 11 days. And then Mitch adds that, I get networks want their slot to have the best teams, which mm-hmm. everybody wants the Chiefs to be on broadcast. But when you consistently line up, like Mitch says, five games in a row where your opponent is getting three, four more days of rest than you are, you're in a tough spot. And now the Chiefs are going to be at the other end of it, knowing that their key guy has got to rest on a game or on a day. Now the Dolphins had to go out there and play a very physical game against the Buffalo Bills. Then they get a short week. So they have one less day for those guys to prepare uh, to get ready for this game. Um, and get healthy. And we even saw Tyree Kill. I was about to say, he was that game. walking pretty gingerly to to the sideline afterwards. And we've also seen Tyree Kill play for the Chiefs under 
a lot of uh, distress on his body and he always seems to come up. But he is two years older now and that's not to say that he's incapable of doing what he's done before. But it is something to note that, that Tyreek's pretty banged up and, and when you shut him down, it seemed like almost yesterday when, when he was out, out, of, uh, out of reach for, for Tua, it seemed like they couldn't get really get anything going. Now, I need to dive more into the film of what happened yesterday. I haven't really done that quite yet. But from watching it, first time watching it through, it seemed like if Tyreek was shut down, they weren't getting anything going. Yeah. The one thing that you can't shut down is Mission Taco Joint. We need to thank <laughs> Mission Taco Joint for being the sponsor of this show and supporting us here at KC Sports Network. Mention KCSN at any of the three Mission Taco Joint locations in Kansas City. On any Tuesday, and you'll get 10% off. And if you grab, uh, if you're in the mood for a cocktail and celebrating a little bit, and you want to grab an any given holiday, uh, they are delicious cocktails there uh, made with the Ben Holiday bourbon. Uh, if you order one of those proceeds from every drink, we'll go to support Braden's Hope uh, in their um, search and desire to continue raising money for pediatric cancer uh, research. Uh, they're a phenomenal organization. Please um, go on their website, um, learn more about what they do. And know that you can go to a great place, get great tacos, grab a great drink, taste great, and you're supporting KCSN, you're supporting Braden's Hope, uh, all in the process. So we appreciate Mission Taco Joint. Go get some tacos. All right. Oh, smooth. Thank you. I applaud that. Thank you. I had in my head like seven different ways I was going to transition Did depending it. upon what you ended with and just rolled right into it. I made up for the, the <laughs> intro of the show just being awful. Oh. All right. You know what? Before we get into the next one, I'm going to surprise talk a little bit. We're going to go to a break. And when we come back, we are going to talk about Tyreek Hill's return to Arrowhead and what we think the ovation is going to be like for Tyreek when he steps out on the field for the Dolphins at Arrowhead. We'll be right back after this. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, welcome back to 10 Things and BJ Kissel hanging out with Haley Lewis and all of you fine folks in the chat room. Please continue to send us your questions and comments if you're watching live and we will react to those and bring those up here on the show with Tucker handling things. Jonathan Cook, you are a pro, BJ. Uh, I'm sitting next to the pro and the awesome one. I just uh, figure it out as I go. What a segue. (laughs) Gary, man, we appreciate it. Blowing me up a little bit here. Kind of like it. Gary's a guy in the morning. Gary's Gary's always in the chat. Gary's that guy. I love Gary. Yeah, Gary. We solid, you. solid listener. All right. This is going to be a fun one to see what the comments look like. Yeah. This is going to be a storyline all week. You're going to be talked about it. I'm going to have a YouTube short later with some more research and some mm-hmm. more 
uh, well thought out, produced video uh, about how, at least in my opinion, a lot of Chiefs fans feel about Tyreek Hill uh, at this point. Before I get into my kind of thoughts on, I don't know how, what the reaction is going to be when he steps out on the field, I'm curious. but I know how I feel about it, and it's it's mixed and it's tough. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm curious, what do you what do you think the ovation is going to be like when he runs out on the field? I think if you were a true Chiefs fan, I know he has talked his crap. You, but you know Tyreek. That's how he is. It's, I mean, it's, it's fun for him. He, he loves to poke the bear. You see what his banter with Chris Jones and different things, and on Twitter they're constantly just poking at each other. I, I think as a true Chiefs fan, you have to acknowledge what he did for this franchise, and you have to give him, you know, applause for that. You can't, you, I know he's, again, I know he's talked his crap. He said what he said. He has said some slighted things towards Mahomes and it does not rub well, but I think it should be a good homecoming. Cheer for the guy, be happy for the guy. But then, you know, at, at the same time, kick his ass, you know, yeah. do what you need to do. Get it done and prove, prove the, prove the point, prove that the Chiefs are better. Um, if any team knows Tyreek better than the Chiefs, I would be very surprised. So they know how to shut him down, and they've done it before. Do it again. But I think that you should be happy. I, I think it's a it's a fun thing. I think that everyone in Chiefs Kingdom should be excited for it. It'll be a fun game. Yeah, I think it's going to be fun. It's going to be interesting to see oh, yes, how they talk about it all week. I don't think he's going to get booed because he's never – he said things that are annoying, but he's never – come out and like really gone after or say yeah. anything super negative. It's just been kind of annoying in the first year. And so here's my overall thoughts on Terry. Like I said, I'll be more organized about this uh, <laughs> later on YouTube. So make sure you subscribe. It's Monday, to but <laughs> it's early. Terry kill is the greatest wide receiver in chiefs franchise history. Uh, I know there's a lot of people, a lot of older fans are going to stand for Otis Taylor, uh, the late, great Otis Taylor. And, mm-hmm. and uh, not anybody that I watched play, I believe that Tyreek Hill is the most explosive player to step foot on an NFL football field ever. Yeah. Uh, you can make the case for Randy Moss. Uh, I completely understand that case. I don't think that when you add in his sudden change of direction, I don't think there's ever been a player with that skill set uh, that Tyreek Hill has. He's in that conversation, at least, if we don't want to get caught up on uh, the definitive statements. He's in the conversation as most explosive player in NFL history. Tyreek Hill has the Chiefs franchise record for most receptions in a season, most yards in a season, tied for most touchdowns in a season. Uh, he was here six years. You look at any of the Chiefs record books, he is near the top. If it wasn't for Travis Kelsey, he'd be at the top of a lot of these things. Mm-hmm. And the Chiefs don't win that first, uh, technically the second Super Bowl, the first Super Bowl with Patrick Mahomes without Tyreek Hill. They don't do that. They don't, the Wasp, All the, they're not even in a position. Uh, with the 13, all the moments that he has, everybody talks about the 13 seconds and the play to Travis Kelsey across the middle. Only reason they had that ability was because of the crossing <laughs> route to Tyree Kill, where he took a very short gain and made it a very long gain. Tyree Kill is responsible for a lot of the best memories that Chiefs fans have that are caught up in this age of Chiefs football that we've never seen before. It was a high flying, all the yards and all this stuff. It was with Patrick Mahomes. We've, we owe Tyree Kill a lot and we should respect what he did on the field for us at that time. The Chiefs, on the other hand, they don't win last year's Super Bowl without trading him, uh, as the point you made earlier with the picks that they got back for him. Uh, on top of that, you get Trent McDuffie and Brian Cook and get it more into it, like I said, on the YouTube later. The other part of this, with him talking about Patrick Mahomes and the slight thing, too, is the most accurate quarterback yeah. in the league, Travis Kelsey, and I'm paraphrasing over time, different comments that mm-hmm. Tyreek has made. Travis Kelsey was getting all the targets. I wanted to get the yeah, targets. Yeah, yeah. Travis Kelsey was invited out to dinner. I wasn't invited out to dinner. Like there's, a, I wasn't invited over to his house. Like I don't want barbecue. I want Nobu. All this stuff over time. And even now, the first year after he's traded, it makes sense. Yep. He's asked a lot about it. He still talks about it. And yeah. it's our fault because he talks about it and it gets brought up on social. And then she's fan just react. It's kind of like the person who can't stop talking about their ex. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's the, per- like the one who's, with him and Mahomes, they made each other a lot of money. And I remember yeah. this when they drafted uh, Patrick Mahomes and he got out there and he saw the natural talent. I remember thinking, he's going to make Tyree kill a lot of money because yeah. of the yards yeah. and just how special it was with Andy Reid's ability to put together a game plan and and scheme these guys open and put the defense in very tough situations based on the rules they have for the different coverages. Tyree kill is a problem anyway. And you put Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes together, it was going to be a thing. 
made a half a billion dollars. Tyreek Hill became the highest paid wide receiver in NFL history because of his ability to produce with Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. So like that level of respect, I don't think is ever going to go away because sure. I think they all know that Tyreek Hill got what he wanted. He yeah. got a Super Bowl. He got paid a lot of money. He's living in a really awesome house that hopes. Okay. Uh, I know what a bummer. But awesome house. Like he, he's winning yeah. in that way. Like he got what he wanted. It worked out for him. It worked out for the chiefs. It's just the constant comments. That's just annoying. Yeah. That I don't think it's enough to your point for anyone to boo. Sure. But it's enough sure. to just be like, man, can't we just only talk about the good stuff? Yeah, you don't have to go there and bring that stuff up. You don't have to make the comments about, well, you invite me over and he didn't do that. It's, yeah. There's a your point, point where you're egged on. There's a point where the reporters are asking those questions. And then there's a point yeah. where the storylines moved on. And I get what you're saying. I also saw someone, I think it was like Oregon Fishing or was their, was their uh, title. And the comments saying, you know, we'll be cheering for it all night if he plays like he did yesterday. So <laughs> I totally, totally agree. Uh, be cheering for him all. Yeah, he said if Tyreek plays like he did last night, he'll be cheered on all game long. Yeah, I don't know if he's going to be talking a lot of trash because I think part That's of the reason that I too. loved so much of the Germany game and the play yeah. is that Tyreek is mic'd up saying, like, talking trash to Big Duffy, like, you've never faced anybody like me. Immediately then the fumble. I don't know if that's just fancy editing, if it actually yeah, happened. Like if that. it was in, in order, uh, yeah. If it was not, like, significantly earlier in the game. However, it worked out, like, it's beautiful. This is kind of an audible, but who do you think is going to give the most bulletin board material this week? Do you think it's Tyreek? Do you think... I know that I know that Reed shuts that down a lot, yeah. but... Uh, I don't think so, and I'd be surprised if Tyreek said a lot. Really? Um, to rile up the oh, team. I, I he'll keep talking. I don't think he's not going to say stuff, but yeah. I don't think it's going to be over the line of anything else that we've heard. I think it's going to be a lot of the I same stuff. I don't think he's going to lean okay, into it. Okay, agreed into that. Uh, yep. But at the same time, like, if I were Chiefs fans and he does, like, I wouldn't bait him on social. And if I were the Chiefs, I wouldn't give any reason to wake him up or whatever uh, in that way because Dolphins are going to be dealing with enough when it comes to the weather. <laughs> we get into this game moving into the next point. Yeah. Because it's gonna be chilly. Chief, or Kansas City, I looked up Independence, Missouri, where Arrowhead Stadium it is. Six inches of snow expected over the next 48 hours. Recording this on Monday, snow is going to be cleared off. The grass crew, they do a phenomenal job. For Saturday night, as of right now, it's a high of 12 degrees, <laughs> a low of negative four, and that's temperature. It's not including a wind chill. When the wind is projected, again, we're seven days out. Or that is days foul. Out. Five days. I can't count. 15 miles per hour wind. So windshield looking negative 18, negative 20 degrees. Uh, that's not going to be fun. That's why you should come hang out with us at the Holiday Distillery. Um, so they win. Get another playoff game. We'll talk about AFC playoffs and how they still get it. You got the chills thinking about how cold it's going to be. Uh, and per Harold Kuntz on Twitter slash X is a really good note here. A little good note nugget. The Miami Dolphins have lost their last 10 games in games under 40 degrees Oof. at kickoff. They'll expect to be in single digits with a negative wind chill Saturday night at Arrowhead. Um, you have the 10 games right there. 10 straight losses when the temperature is under 40 at kickoff. So still above freezing. And we're talking about negative 18 wind chill. I think they're gonna. They should buy like a snow machine and bring it into their facility and just ice them out. Seriously, what that's gonna be? That could be a fun discussion. What could the dolphins do over the next? I, I don't know. Prepared? They could fly to like Antarctica and practice. Yeah, they could. They could. It's a good use of resources. Third <laughs> <laughs> time's on difference there. <laughs> Is it dark all the time there or light all the time there? It depends on the time of year. I think. Okay. Listen, all their passports are updated. Obviously, a past geography. So we're in Germany. Uh, third grade. Here's what I also found that I was listening to on 18 when I was coming in um, on the radio this morning. Was the coldest game that Tua has ever played in. Now, this has not been vetted out yet, so this is still kind of looming around on the Twitter space. Or what do we call it? The X space sphere? I, I I'm just going to call it Twitter because X is weird. Um, this, so this has to be a source right now. But what people are saying is that the coldest game, NFL game, that Tua has ever won was in 48 degree weather. It was against the Jets on Black Friday. Of course, remember, he grew up in Hawaii. He attended college at Alabama. Probably the coldest game at any level that he's ever played and won in. This is projected, of course, when Kansas City has a high of 12 degrees coming up. This is via Twitter. Ranny Jazzerly, I believe is his name. Um, give Randy. credit to him. 
It's Randy on the Royals. Randy. Randy on the Chiefs. Right there you now. go. Hey, uh, for, for finding that little tidbit. Again, have not vetted that out myself, so hopefully that is legitimate. But if it's true, yeah. and the only game that he's ever won at the NFL level has been at 48 degrees, and then Harold, who I know vets that, so yeah. that's true, <laughs> have not been able to win in games that chilly. I remember something about this being discussed, and I was talking to Tucker about it before we recorded, that I don't know if it was maybe during like a playoff game that Tua was playing in college or whatever, but I remember it being brought up that he hadn't played in cold weather. And then I was convincing my, trying to make sure I wasn't confusing somehow him with Derek Carr, because Derek Carr was awful in cold weather. Uh, Chiefs better check those balls before the game starts. But yeah. Make sure no air has been let out. Yeah. Make sure they're hard as a rock. Yeah, and... Jalen Waddle, Tyreek's going to play in this game. I know we, we talked about him being banged up. Jalen Waddle should come back and play in this game mm-hmm. after he didn't play uh, in the game yesterday against the Bills. Uh, so they've got a lot of speed. The Chiefs let the grass grow a little longer, maybe not cut it quite as short this week. You know, leave the tarp on a little bit, create a little condensation on there. I'm not advocating for it. I'm just saying it'd be slick out there. You never know. Yeah. We heard about those like high school football teams that in like they're getting have done that state playoff game like way back I and mean, they can't get away with that now before social media they were like okay. flood fields um all of a sudden it was like puddles These of water children. Uh, oh my god listen i'm not advocating whose booster father was in charge of that i don't know that's but wild when we're talking about the weather and the amount of points that could be scored in this game and what it's one thing about what we think but always go to like what does vegas think what are the sports betting things think so let's bring in tucker talk about what vegas thinks that this this game could be with two offenses that you thought was going to be a shootout both offenses kind of struggling uh down the stretch and then you add weather on top of it what does vegas think tuck it's going to be interesting i think i saw uh this open in some places at one and a half i think even DraftKings are for the DraftKings sportsbook had it at one and a half it's now up to four points in favor of the chiefs but the over under is at 44 44 points for this game, and uh, look, if you want to get in on some of this action at DraftKings Sportsbook, they're an official sports betting partner of the NFL playoffs, and they're bringing you an offer that'll help make the playoffs electrifying. New customers can bet 5 bucks on any game and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. As I mentioned, Chiefs four-point favorites right now when looking at uh, hosting the Miami Dolphins. Here's what you got to do. You got to download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code KCSN. New customers can bet just five bucks to get 200 instantly in bonus bets only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code KCSN. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler or visit www.1800Gambler.net. In New York, call 8778 Hope NY or text Hope NY 467 369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888 789. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bits expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. I love when we do this live because you can't hey, John. speed it up like you're on radio sometimes. Sip, you hear like a, the fine print sped up to like... Two, they have the numbers time. They have the numbers typed out on this one. They're not the actual numbers, so that's where I got all messed up as I started reading. I was like, wait, have I said that number yet? Yeah, you nailed, you got it though. Yeah, you got I got it. I got you. Brought it home. Brought it home. Appreciate DraftKings. Make sure to download the app and use code KCSN when signing up. 44. Uh, let's people know that you're listening uh, and you're... You're like to, to bet sports, you don't get a kickback or anything on that. So I think it's important to tell people that, especially when it comes to like sports betting. I also think it's important that we talk about the rest of the AFC playoffs. Yeah, yeah. Right now and then we will spend on. the last five. We'll run through them fairly quickly. Uh, takeaways from yesterday's game, but uh, a couple storylines. One in particular, I'd like to bring up just because I think it's cool. Uh, I get really caught up into storylines uh, and no. NFL. The NFL, it's king anyway, but you add in a couple mm. good storylines and it's set up to be a really fun playoff or there could be some really fun playoff matches. Uh, when you talk about the AFC playoffs, Baltimore, number one seed, obviously getting the bye. Uh, Buffalo now is the two seed after winning yesterday facing the Pittsburgh Steelers who are banged up with TJ Watt being out for a couple of weeks. Uh, Buffalo banged up. Gabe Davis left the game yesterday early. Uh, they've got some injuries, uh, particularly in the secondary that they're dealing with. 
And then Cleveland gets Houston, which I think is probably the most intriguing matchup mm-hmm. that I'm excited to see uh, because you have uh, Joe Flacco, which is one of the greatest stories going into the playoffs right now against C.J. Stroud, which has been arguably the top, at least yeah, he's rookie storyline for sure, but a top five storyline in the NFL with D'Amico Ryans, uh, what he's been able to do his first year uh, in Houston, and then C.J. Stroud just playing out of his mind uh, just pissing off David Tepper and the Panthers every time he went out there and made plays. Granted, he's got a much better team around him. I get it. Um, but, Haley, we get to see Matthew Stafford and the L.A. Rams go on the road as underdogs to Detroit on the yeah. NFC side. To Detroit, where he spent all of those years in his career mm-hmm. giving everything he had. I'm a big Matthew Stafford fan. That dude plays injured. He plays through everything. He gave everything he had to Detroit. They trade him. He leaves and goes and wins a Super Bowl. Now Detroit winning the division for the first time in like 100 years. Like best season that Detroit has had. Uh, There's so much hype around that city. And now Matthew Stafford's going to come back as an underdog and potentially spoil the best shot they've had to make any kind of run in any kind of playoff situation. It's exactly what you're looking for. And then if that happens, the next week, we could see Joe Flacco going to Baltimore as an underdog with Baltimore's best chance to win since is Joe this, Flacco was the quarterback. Is out this morning? Yes. Okay. That's what it's <laughs> the same thing. I'm just talking about Passionate. it at more length. Passionate. Because this is what I love about football. Seeing Matthew Stafford go back to Detroit yeah. and for Detroit fans just to be stuck in such a weird position mm-hmm. of being like, man, we love that guy, but damn it, don't do this to yeah. us this year. Um, for him to come back, that would be a really tough position for Detroit fans. They, they should love Matthew Stafford for what he did. He got a Super Bowl. I love it. And I need Buffalo to win and Joe Flacco and the Browns to beat Houston. I've watched, I watched. I want to see that matchup. Yeah. The Chiefs would have to win. That way, the lowest seed would be Cleveland. They would be going to Baltimore. That's how that would happen. The Chiefs would have to win. Obviously, Buffalo would have to win. Um, and so would Cleveland in order for that to happen. But then Flacco going to Baltimore would mm-hmm. be fun to watch. It's, I mean, it's, it's a great storyline. I think that's the only one that trumps, you know, Tyreek's homecoming is is yeah. Stafford's homecoming. But I'm watching Cleveland-Houston, and then on the other side of it, I'm going to watch uh, Monday Night Eagles. Well, I'm going to watch all of them, but yeah. I'm looking forward to watching the Bucks and the Eagles. I just think that's a fun matchup. I, I think that to to be able to see those two teams. I will also want to see how the Eagles are doing. Yeah, also, I, I the fact that Baker off. is still playing is just still always such a baffling thing to me. And I just want to, I think it's a fun game to watch. Baker Mayfield. Like, I've always kind of liked Baker. I always I thought he was, I like one of those commercials. Even like when he planted the flag and stuff and like grabbed his. He's spicy. Junk I think when they were playing KU. Like, when he was in college. I like that. I thought all of it was hilarious. Like, he's the dude. To clarify. That when he's on your team, you love him. When you're playing against him, you probably hate him. Yeah, I think yeah. That's the way I say it. Perfect example of that dude. But for him in Tampa Bay to potentially beat Nick Sirianni's... That's what I'm saying. It's a good story. Condescending, prick-ass, like, I'm sorry, no, but the you're, way that you're he on after team. the Chiefs game to fans and how bad they've been since. They won the game the week after against Buffalo, and then they, all the losing streaks started. All the karma caught up with him yeah. about talking trash and all the things that he's done. And then his post-game presser and just his antics on the... The fact that we've awkward. seen Jalen Hurts pull him in on the sideline before and be like, don't behave that way. Yeah. Like, that's... You know, and, and, and Jalen Hurts, as much as, like, I don't want to see him succeed against the Chiefs in any, any realm... Is a stand-up coach's kid, good guy. Has seems to have a very good moral conscience and yeah. and character. And for you as a head or as a quarterback, having to rein in your, can you imagine Mahomes trying to rein in Andy Reid? <laughs> like, like just it's it's childish behavior. It's embarrassing. And Anyways, I, to your point, I'm gonna spend a long time talking about it, but I will be Let's rooting hard for the Bucks. Uh, this comes as somebody that bet money so you really on feel. two teams to win this. Two teams to win the Super Bowl, the Chiefs and the Eagles. I put money on both the Chiefs and the Eagles to win the Super Bowl. Got them at really good odds. So, like, I'd get mm-hmm. these about. I would still love to watch the Eagles get beat because of the way that Nick yeah. Sirianni has acted this year and particularly the way that he went after Chiefs fans. And granted, he may have been responding to Chiefs fans that were giving him a hard time and all of that, but um, karma. We'll see what happens. Song. Got it. Yeah. I don't know what I was going to quote it. A Tucker would know it. In a way that makes sense. Tucker's, Tucker's a guy on the Chiefs. I'm- Oh, there you go. That's yeah. Okay. See. All right. Pop culture. 
All right, so more on the the playoff situation and matchups and all that stuff. Make sure to check out Only Weird Games. They'll be going live this afternoon at four thirty ish. Got it. It's always it's always four thirty, but Nate Taylor is involved. It's always going to be an ish. It's a whole <laughs> that's no, a road game. Did he try? <laughs> no. Yeah, I love that man, but he's. Whenever he showed up to the pressers, he would slide in like a minute. I mean, you know this. Yeah. A minute before Nate Nate arrives, the presser's about to start. That's when you know it's about to start. And he'd always stand right next to Coach. Yeah. There's nowhere else to stand. So he'd just <laughs> literally be up there it. like he's oh Ted's saying, next question. I love him. Anyways. All right. Got anything for us, Tuck? No, I was just going to say that last week's show started at 445. <laughs> <laughs> then the lab will be going. I think the lab's going to pre-record. It'll go out live on YouTube. But I think they're going to record because you got the national championship game. Big game. Tonight, Michigan Washington. I, I take Washington. I want Washington. I like Washington. I, I'm in the I have a bad line. feeling Michigan might, but I want Washington to win. Yeah, I kind of... I don't like Michigan. I have no reason not to like Michigan. I have no... I think they're just strong. That's my only... Point. Yeah, I kind of feel no bad that if the players get caught up in the scheme, yes, if they didn't yes, yes, know, yes, yes. like then I kind of understand how they kind of have this chip on their shoulder, and I, I get that. But Washington, it's just cool and special. It's a cool story. I like that hearing the story about how um, Washington's head coach and his offensive coordinator go back to Sioux Falls, and that story they said in the the last playoff game about how long they've known each other. They're coming up, give him. The offensive coordinator, an opportunity. I can't remember his name. Um, Tucker, if you know. OC just, for Washington? The OC for Washington um, was like begging for a job and like got one from the head coach when, again, he was back at Sioux Falls. This was years ago when they were in like NIIA, but like they've been together for a long time. They stuck together uh, and they've kind of grown up in this together uh, yeah. in these smaller schools. It's just it's a cool storyline. Penix, like their offensive line winning the Joe Moore Award, Odunes, like they're so much fun to watch. Um, and it's just different. It's a new team in the mix, uh, which is cool uh, to get caught up into that. And they always play close games. It's going to be awesome to watch. Ryan Grubb. Ryan Yeah. There you go. That's it. All right. Let's. Anyway, so you got only weird games in lab tonight to help break down the playoffs. We're going to spend next 15 minutes or so breaking down the Chiefs uh, win yeah, yesterday over the Chargers. <laughs> uh, and I'll start with this one. It's from the Chiefs Communication Game Notes. Appreciate all the hard work that they do for these. Chiefs won 11 games. Chiefs closed out the season with a 13-12 victory over the Chargers, finishing the year with a regular season record of 11-6. The Chiefs have won at least 11 games in each of the past six seasons since 2018. Prior to this current streak, the longest such streak in franchise history was two seasons. The Chiefs have now won double-digit games in nine consecutive seasons. That's also a franchise record and have 10 or more wins in 10 of Andy Reid's 11 seasons leading the club. Can I give you a Debbie Downer and then I will go back to being positive? It's just a small Maddie Lane moment. Just give me one little moment. <laughs> the Chiefs are the lowest seed that they have ever been in Mahomes' era as a three seed in the AFC at 11 and six. That's also the most losses that the Chiefs have ever suffered since Mahomes has been a starter. That's so, the positive. I just think it's interesting. I don't take that. This is the glass half full. I don't take that necessarily as a positive because if you're telling me that rock bottom of the Patrick Mahomes era go, is see? the three seed. And now it's spun. Not can, not winning the AFC West division until week 17 as opposed to week 15. Like it could have been if the refs didn't miss some calls and we can catch some passes. Uh, there you go. We, because I help. We yeah, help. We're, we're on the team too. Anyways, I say we all the time, and I'm like, we don't really do anything. We, we are not a part of this the team. outside, but we care. <laughs> Anyways, there were po- there were lots of positives that we saw. I'm also glad that they won in a game that I was like, it doesn't matter if they win, but I was glad that they won. Yeah, you want to see the guys go out there and have success, and we'll talk about uh, the three like maybe top individual storylines I think sure. coming from this game. Uh, tell me if I'm wrong. I wrote these down. Uh, McCole Hardman, Chris Jones, Travis Kelsey uh, being the three guys. Yeah. We'll start with McCole. 11 targets uh, in this game. The next highest player had four. So coming into this game, I wanted Justin Ross to get like 25 targets, uh, but went to McCole, which, you know what, I'll take that because McCole will play in the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it was great to see him get uh, some success. He had six receptions for 77 yards. Not saying it was all perfect. No, no, no. One no. interception he gave up on. After. Had at least one drop that I remember. Um, but it was great to see McCole um, get his hands on the football and run some intermediate routes down the field. A lot of McCole, at least with the early part of his career, there's a lot of jet sweeps, a lot of the the ghost action, and a lot of the orbit action around the backfield. 
Uh, it was kind of like his packaged play. Mm-hmm. So for him to, and some deep stuff, uh, nothing really across the middle and uh, like the intermediate range. Yeah. So we saw that, which was a great sign. Uh, we'll stay there. Do you have any thoughts on McCall Hartman? I just, Reed said it afterwards, you know, he had some good good moments, also some bad he needs to clean up. And I think that's, McCall got out there. I'm glad that he was able to build a little bit of confidence at the end of it. But in the beginning, I was like, oh my God, again. And so I, yeah, anyways. He got his opportunity and he made a couple of contested catches. He had the one really nice one across the yeah. middle of the field. Uh, Oregon fishing and field back for Ross. Soft tissue issues seem to keep happening when guys hit. Yeah, he had a really big catch soon. Yeah, it you just want to see him get his hands on a football mm-hmm. and go out there and like just get some reps. And like you hear so much about him, and you watch you know all these highlight reels and shorts during OTAs, and mm-hmm. uh, you want to see something translate or something to kind of get excited about, uh, which we'll talk in a minute. Um, Justin Ross being one of those players. Lamarco P Ryan is a player that we should talk about. Yeah, as yeah. to the future, but for the present uh chris jones got a present yeah uh, i did this game a bail uh, present and i think it was funny as i was at the kingdom bar uh watching this game watched most of the game while i was there and no one was really cheering like a third down conversion a big stop on uh defense mm-hmm. unless it was chris jones getting near the quarterback yeah everyone yeah, yeah. in the bar knew about the incentive i think everybody in kansas city knew about the incentive and it was fun on social because there were a lot of people rooting for it being like this would be awesome get him his money there were a lot of people being like F that guy. He sat out. If he would have played in the week one game, we wouldn't be in this position and a lot of those kinds of takes. Sure. I understand the frustration, but at the same time, like that's in the past. At this point, I'm going to celebrate Chris incentivized to go out there and make plays, and he did. Yes, he risked getting hurt um, to go and get that and potentially putting himself and the team in a bad position. But he made decisions about himself personally and financially going into this season, that continued on. He had a right to mm-hmm. try and hit the incentives that he had negotiated for by holding out. And I was ecstatic to see him get it. I thought the reaction was awesome. Yeah. I thought everything about Chris Jones getting that sack and getting his $1.25 million was awesome. I think that we could spend an entire hour talking about this, talking about what his agents tweeted out, talking about the ins and outs of everything. But I will we'll, we'll keep it simple, just off the top. His team's reaction is all that you need to know about how the Chiefs locker room, not the front office, how the Chiefs locker room and coaching staff feels about Chris Jones. That is all you need to know right there. And I was thrilled to see it for him. I saw Josh Briscoe tweet this out. And I don't know if they talked about it. Um, I didn't get a chance to listen to you yet to the postgame show. Okay. He, but how when he tweeted about Clark Hunt and about the Chiefs organization oh, potentially okay. stepping in and paying out his incentive yeah, 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 yeah. without him playing. And there is precedent that some teams have done that before. Um, I know some people said like, you know, Joe Flacco, Joe Flacco got 75 grand. That's not 1.25 million. Um, But it is interesting to bring up. Is there precedent with the Chiefs of ever having done that? Because then you get into an issue looking at it from the Chiefs point of view. You do that for him. Yeah. Where do you draw the line on this guy's got a playtime incentive of hitting certain number of percentage of snaps or uh, even some of the smaller, um, you know, milestones and incentives in these contracts. So I get the drawing a black and white line, mm-hmm. but I did think it was interesting with all the fans talking about he shouldn't be in this position. I, that Again, we could talk about this forever. Yeah. My biggest takeaway was the fact that you see a guy like Isaiah Pacheco who will never even make half of that in his rookie or, or his rookie contract screaming and cheering and hyping him up. Every single person in there was happy for one of the most paid players on their entire team. And cheering, you know what I mean? Like yeah. a guy who's getting a huge incentive, probably half of what or more than what a lot of those guys will ever make on that team. The people that are around him every day have that. We're still cheering and getting paid. And the yeah. people that had the opposite reaction were people that aren't around him. I think it's a good way of leave it there. Leave one, it there. But we're not going to leave it there because one of the things that I love <laughs> was after the game, Chris Jones interviewed. We oh, have that. Good. And is Tucker good. is going to run it. I thought this was a great interview from Chris Jones after the game. Okay, Chris Jones, tell us, how does it feel to be a million dollars richer? Oh, it feels amazing, right? I lost so much money uh, holding out. So I'm just making money back that I lost, honestly. So it feels good. All right, but I'll tell you the truth. When I was walking into halftime with head coach Andy Reid, he didn't seem like he was ready to throw you back out there to get that last half sack. What was the negotiation to let him let you play? The last drive, um, he gave me the finger as in, this is the last drive. I had to beg him coming off of this because the play before that, we got the TFL, 
and I'm looking at him hollering, one more drive, coach, one more. He gave me the finger one more, and I'm like, I'm praying to God. And while I'm walking out, I'm like, God, please let me get it. This is the last one, and um, God is good. You should have offered Easton Stick a little bit of money. Oh, man, um, he just went down, right? And, um, I got to send me flowers or something, man. Such a good sport. All right, Chris, very seriously, though, as this team heads into the playoffs right now, what's the most important thing in getting hot and feeling like, okay, we're ready for a run? I think defense, we got to continue to um, hone in on, uh, on what we've been doing a good job at. Um, we've been minimizing big plays, um, creating turnovers, and uh, we finally got a score in the end zone, man. We've been harping on that all year. Get a score, finally score it. Um, just continue to hone in the offense. we get going. Uh, we know what the type of atmosphere Kansas City bring in the playoff, and we're excited for it. Chris, last one. Miami or Pittsburgh? Who'd you rather have? Either or. Uh, Pittsburgh, though. I see Miami Nets, so I love to go to Miami Nets, right? All right, then. Chris, thank you, and have a safe flight home. Take care. Lots of love about that interview, Haley. Uh, I appreciate CBS for, for doing that and getting a uh, very open and honest, Chris. Uh, but I, I think adding the context to Andy Reid, and the communication on the sideline of like yeah. one more drive, one more shot, and then kind of begging for it in the second half. I think maybe it's part of the reason that the sideline reacted the way they did is they knew that that was like his last chance. Yeah, it was exciting. You saw Reed over there and, and Jones almost begging like, Dad, one more drive, like one more, <laughs> one more, five more minutes of video games. And he's like, this is it. This is your last try. And then to go out there and get it done. Uh, and then everyone, of course, erupting and being just so excited for him. Uh, that made me happy about going into the playoffs with a cohesive unit like that because yeah. I think that was a big point of or question early on when those those dramatics were happening. Good to see that everyone seems to be in good spirits. Yeah, love love to see it. Uh, another thing we love to see was uh, one guy not on the field. That was Travis Kelsey. Yeah, sad but happy. As much as a lot of us wanted to see it just because it's fun to talk about and the streak and mm -hmm. the thousand yards and all that stuff, uh, I did think it was, I don't know if it was coincidental or it just happened to work out like, just happened to work out that way or uh if they if Andy Reid and the Chiefs were watching the Lions game and saw Sam Laporta go down yeah, injury yeah I don't know uh, in a game that at least with the Lions could have affected uh them a little bit uh but still losing a key player even as a rookie at that point it was like two minutes after Sam Laporta got injured that the Chiefs tweeted out like Travis Kelsey's not playing in this game uh not upset about it I'm more excited that Kelsey got some rest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He will be fresh going into this game, again, going up against a very banged-up Dolphins defense. I think that we hear Kelsey say all the time he doesn't care about that kind of stuff. Yeah. Maybe he really doesn't. I mean, and and do I blame him for that? No. I'd rather have him be healthy and win a Super Bowl ring than get 16 yards and make his eighth straight historical 1,000 CBR yeah. season. We're going to combine the next two and just player, young players that stood out in this game uh, yeah. against the Chargers. B.J. Thompson. Uh, number 53, very skinny. Every, I tweeted out that B.J. Thompson had some good reps and everyone just talked about how skinny he is to play that role. Uh, but he's got some juice. If you've watched any highlights of him, if you know anything about B.J. Thompson, he is a toolsy, quick twitch, long athletic edge rusher. And to see that skill set translate into making plays, Steve Spagnuolo can work with that. He can work with that body type. He can work with that athleticism. He's going to have a chance this offseason to kind of change his body a little bit. But just mm -hmm. to see a player with that athletic ability kind of have some level of production and success uh, was awesome to see Felix Andy Duque Uzama. A lot of people talking about him coming to this yeah. game. He flashed and made some plays in what was his most extensive playing time of the season. Shamari Connor. I know they gave a shout out to him on the post game show uh, last night. Thought he did really well. Cam Jones, the linebacker number 44. I think he led the team with tackles and he had 12 tackles. He was all over the place for the defense. And then offensively, you mentioned him earlier, but LaMichael Pirine. See him back. 109 yards on 24 touches. This guy is just 25 years old. He's played in 17 career NFL games. And the reason that I think for LaMichael P. Ryan, why it was so important for him to get those reps is you need three, four running backs. Yeah, he's fighting for a spot. He's yeah. fighting for a roster spot, not just for the playoffs and to potentially play this year, but for next year, mm -hmm. Clyde edwards Lair is a free agent. Jarek McKinnon is a free agent. We know Pacheco's going to be here. Mm -hmm. But for LaMichael P. Ryan, this could have been a really good opportunity for him to show, hey, I can be one of those three. He's not going to be Pacheco, but he can be one of those guys yeah. um, that's on the roster that just kind of hangs around and, and creates a nice little role and a little career for himself here. And I thought he did a great job to earn that spot to compete. Yeah, I was happy to see him. Uh, happy to see him get 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 what he did on the field. It was really funny. I was watching at Minsky's, and someone at the bar was like, 
<laughs> what did they say? They called him like P. Ryan. And now they're like, go P. Ryan. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to start calling, calling him that. Go P. Ryan. I mean, uh, a habit of pr- mispronouncing all of the running backs' names. I say Pacheco, Pacheco, like everybody lets me know. I can't say and, and the guy who was saying it meant to, I mean, he, he was solid with that pronunciation. I loved it. I was like, go for it, man. Like, all right, let's run through some get, fun records to note uh, from this game as we wrap this show up. And then we'll take a couple of questions here at the end. Uh, i got about five more minutes to wrap this thing up. Uh, fun records from the Chiefs win over the Chargers. Uh, Creed Humphrey earns cool. 51 with a start at guard today. Creed Humphrey has started 51 consecutive games since he was drafted in 2021, tying him with Art Still for the third most consecutive starts to begin a career in Chiefs history. Uh, and then I'm going to roll right into the next one because I, I, as soon as the play happened, I remember thinking that's like half his career sack. So Charles yeah. who uh, got the big sack, the big play uh, early in this game uh, for the Chiefs defense as the Chargers got the ball to start the game, went all the way down the field, uh, just about to score. Charles Minu gets the strip sack fumble, uh, get the ball back to the Chiefs, and they run it back for a touchdown, and the defense has to get back out on the field. when they're, mm-hmm. These are early in the game, so probably weren't tired, but like just drove down. You score, you have to go right back out on defense. But the forced fumble was a man who's second of the year and fifth of his career, uh, and a man who's had it an effective first season with the Chiefs, setting single-season highs for himself in total tackles, solo tackles, and sacks with seven, uh, tying his previous single-season high for passes defense and forced fumbles. Uh, I think Amenahu made his first start of the season, and I don't... Yeah, minus how many games? Like six? Yeah, I don't... So much of starts have to do with formations and personnel things nowadays that I don't follow that stuff quite as much. Uh, But do think it's interesting that Charles Amenahu had a name coming into this season. He was a guy that had some success since his 18 career sacks, seven of them have been Kansas, almost half of his career sacks have been in Kansas city. Steve Spagnolo, it has been a, a great combination for those guys. Yeah. I love when a who was uh, brought to Kansas city because he was a, a young guy, but also a guy who brought a ton of pressure, but you didn't necessarily see it in terms of sacks. And so now for him to be able to put that in his stat sheet, I think is, is, is great. He's been providing so much pressure in addition to the edge as well. So, and hopefully that just continues in the playoffs. And talk about Amenahu and talk about the defense in general. The last nugget that we have, again, this is from the Chiefs Communications Department. Uh, Haley, do you want to read the last one? This is a cool one yeah, regarding geez. the defense. Uh, defense shutting out or shutting down opposing offenses in the second half of games all season long. After allowing only six points in the second half of yesterday's game, the Chiefs defense ended the year allowing just 120 total second half points, the fewest in the entire NFL. Now, that is a good point. Uh, it also ties the 2014 Chiefs for the second fewest points allowed in the second half and overtime in franchise history, trailing only the 1997 unit who surrendered just 91 points in the second half slash overtime. That when you talk about playoffs and good. You talk about Mahomes and the offense, everybody's so caught up in that. These are the things where it's like this defense has been yeah. really, really good, uh, not throughout the year, but especially into the second half. And then you get Steve Spagnolo in the playoffs. We've seen it before. Uh, dialing it up. Uh, he's going to be coming after Tua. We know they're going to come after Tua. The ball's going to be out of his hands. You do not want to give Tyreek Hill four seconds to run a route. Uh, you know what that could look like. The best chance you have is to get the ball out of his hands quickly and then go up and make a tackle. Uh, and maybe you can force a turnover. And we talked about how important that will be for this Chiefs team this year, needing to win the turnover battle and needing to get some short fields and maybe some easy points. Easiest way to do that with Steve Spagnuolo. He loves to send the house, do the cover zero stuff. Do that, maybe step in front of a pass, gamble a little bit, uh, and make a play. But um, as we wrap this show up, if we have any, we get a couple of comments if we got anything, Tuck, or any questions, but we appreciate everybody for hanging out. Lego Mago, thoughts on commanders to interview Mike Borgonzi? Yeah. Did breaking news when we were on this show. Hope they don't get another one of our coaches. We'll end on this one. This is a good one. You have any thoughts on Bargo? I I thought Mike Borgazzi is one of my favorite dudes. Uh, I didn't have much interaction with him, but I've only heard great things every every uh, time. And the one thing I do find interesting about this is I haven't heard Evie's name come up at all yet. Yeah, I, does that mean it's not? No, I just haven't heard it yet this morning. So I hope that becomes part of it. There's a lot of talk about people in Kansas City, and I hope Evie comes back. I don't because I want him to get a head coaching. No, I want him to get the head coach. I want him to get a yeah. head coaching job. I want him to get paid. But for Mike Borgonzi, it's an awesome opportunity for him. Yeah. Uh, it was an awesome, awesome opportunity for Ryan Poles to get the opportunity Absolutely. in Chicago. And I was surprised that Ryan Poles got the opportunity before Borgo did. They're both deserving of it. Um, but with all the success the Chiefs have had, Borgo's been here since before um, the Andy Reid era. He was here uh, during the Pioli Castle era. 
But for that guy, for him, his wife, Jill, their whole family, they're amazing people. Uh, he's phenomenal at what he does. For a young person who had no idea what he was doing, felt like an imposter the entire time I worked there. Mike Borgonzi could not have been nicer or yeah. um, a better dude and be very, very good at what he did at the same time. He he runs that, um, draws that line really, really well. Uh, being able to be helpful um, without giving everything away, but also mm -hmm. just being a normal, good dude. So shout out more Mike Borgonzi for getting that opportunity. Hope he gets uh, that job, and if not that one, another great opportunity for him and his family. Uh, he is definitely deserving of it. Uh, you all are deserving of a lot of more great Chiefs content throughout the week, so make sure to stick here to KC Sports Network as we will have you covered uh, getting ready for the Chiefs and Dolphins in the wild card round of the AFC playoffs. Appreciate you all for hanging out. Make sure to subscribe, like, review, all that good stuff, and see us at the distillery yep, we'll on Saturday night. Make okay. sure to RSVP. should have a good time. Tucker's going to be there, too. Maybe he'll chuck a seltzer with you. We'll see you next time.